Hey gang, welcome to another exciting episode of National Bugle Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network, RBN, republicbroadcasting.org. It's the tribute show of free speech because we um, we are attributing a, a very free speaker today, uh, Mike Rivero. He will be joining us. But first, we have to show for RBN, send badly needed fundage. Where do you send it to? Uh, make out the check or money order or what have you to RBN and send it to 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. Phone it in to 1-800-724-2719. Mike or Julie or whoever answers the phone will take your money with gladness. Okay, this is part two of the Patrick and Jeremy show. And we are we are doing our tribute to Mike Rivero, who, after I don't know how many years, is um, he is at least for the time being pulling the plug on his RBN show. He will continue to do his uh, his what really happened. Dot it's both dot com and dot org, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's got several different names, but uh, what really happened. Dot com is uh, you know a good way to reach it. Yeah. Yeah, not to be confused with what really happened to the cicadas. That's that's a totally different site, um, which I will be starting up soon. Okay, um, and we have Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Patrick. Okay, so the way Patrick and Jeremy show works is like Jeremy does does the work. <laughs> he does the planning for the shows usually, and uh, sometimes we stick to the plan and sometimes we don't. But uh, where are we going, Jeremy? I thought that we could cover that darn man-caused global climate change. I wanted to get both of your takes on that. I'm a third positionist on climate change, but uh, first, Mike, what's what's your whole take on the on the climate change? Well, my whole take is it's another classic government hoax where they take something that happens normally and naturally, declare it to be an emergency, and then offer to sell us a solution. And uh, the fact is that climate is always changing. It's never been stable. Uh, The climate was changing uh, long before humans arrived, and it'll go on changing long after we're extinct. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Uh, well, I wouldn't disagree with any word that Mike just said. Um, I do think that humans. Oh, and and by the way, um, the all of these these countermeasures that get proposed by the government by Bill Gates, they're insane and or have completely ulterior motives. But having said that, I do think that humans have a massive impact on the environment including uh potentially the the climate uh certainly local climates i mean if you cut down part of a rainforest then everything all the um area downwind from the portion that gets cut down is impacted the rain rain uh rainfall will decrease and the local climate changes uh, the I think I think the basic premise of in of higher CO2 levels having some sort of impact on the uh, retention of heat by the atmosphere I think there's something to that but here's here's the main thing if you were 
pulled over by the cop, by a cop, okay? And he said, um, you were traveling 10 miles over the speed limit, so I'm going to have to castrate you. The, the proper response isn't, I wasn't going over the speed limit, or, or you know, going over the speed limit's impossible. The, the proper response is, the hell you're going to castrate me? And so they do these things, uh, whether it's, you know, COVID, whether it's climate change, where, uh, you know, with COVID, they were, sh- they were shutting down the economy. They were forcing us to take these um, gene therapies, experimental gene therapies with um, uh, climate change. If you, I read um, AOC's um, resolution on the Green New Deal. I read that on my show a few years ago. And she's talking about uh, empowering uh, marginalized communities, uh, indigenous people and homeless folks and whatever to uh, work out the problem. I mean, it was just completely insane stuff. And I, I, I can't, I am sometimes bothered by the response being rather than what you're talking, you're, you're proposing crazy stuff. You're proposing crazy stuff, you know, whether it's the vaccines, whether it's sprinkling pixie dust in the air to reflect uh, sunlight back into outer space. Um, rather than rather than talking about the crazy stuff they're proposing, um, saying, oh, there's no such thing as uh, man-made climate change or there's no such thing as um, a virus. Right. That's that kind, that kind of bothers me. Uh, because because the thing is, what if what if um, they can somehow prove that well, actually, human activities do change the climate? Then then do we accept all those uh, crazy proposals? And of course, no, we, we don't. Um, one last thing I wanted to say was also, I mean, how sincere really are they? If this was such an existential threat. Um, if it was, if, if they really believed there was a, such an existential threat, then why don't they make it the top priority? Why, why is their top priority, um, you know, doing things like wars, which obviously wouldn't, wouldn't have a good impact on, uh, climate change according to their theories or importing unlimited numbers of third worlders into first world countries where they're going to have a bigger footprint why don't they make if if it's really that extensive if they really believe it's so existential why do they do all these other things that would have an adverse impact on it why why isn't it their top priority that's 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 my take on it well let me step on in here and remind you that every single living thing alters the environment around it just simply by being alive. Uh, We humans, we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide. Plants will breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. Um, If you look at the geologic and paleontological history of planet Earth, uh, you'll see that uh, it has changed dramatically uh, over the eons uh, by biological activity. When Earth first cooled down and the oceans formed, they were actually green. Uh, and it was the emergence of uh, life in the ocean that eventually uh, turned it back to uh, turned it to blue. 
and, and it's a process that's ongoing. But some of the claims that have been made uh, are clearly propagandistic. Uh, Al Gore saying that the uh, poles would, uh, the Arctic would be ice-free by 2013. Uh, that came and went some of the stuff coming out from Greta Thunberg, who has not even finished high school, but claims to be an environmental expert. Uh, you, um, uh, the reality is that, you know, and there's a funny story. When Al Gore first started coming on out with this whole climate thing, uh, there was a staffer in his office who did a, a simple calculation and said, you know, we can negate all the carbon produced by humans if we just plant more trees and, and stuff. And uh, he was promptly fired. And now, of course, we have, you know, massive deforestation going on to make way for windmills. What's the point of that? Well, the point of that is to sell windmills, to sell electric vehicles, to, you know, and you've got Biden now out there saying you've got to give up your uh, gas-powered uh, stove uh, to get an electric stove. And, uh, you know, it, it's all about selling you a new product that you do not want to try and keep the economy going. But if you look at photos of places like Sydney Harbor, uh, the Statue of Liberty taken a hundred years ago and taken today, you will understand that this claim that the ocean levels are rising is complete nonsense. And that's, of course, reinforced by the fact that a lot of these very rich climate activists, you know, like Al Gore, have bought homes right at the seashore. And uh, it is. It, it's the Hegelian dialectic. You know, create a crisis and offer to sell the public a solution. So as a third positionist on this issue, of course, I'm a Christian. I believe in the creator and God. And I do think that since the Industrial Revolution, there's been an effect uh, on the climate. However, you know, volcanic eruptions, solar flares, these what you guys as agnostics might call natural activities, I would say they were uh, put in place by the creator, uh, can reverse or accelerate any of these processes at any time, and they're totally out of the control of humans. So that's sort of my position on it, and I think we all agree that the governments of the world, specifically of the West, have demonstrated quite clearly that they do not care about their populations. Um, for the last hundred years, they've dem demonstrated this, and this whole you know, green agenda is just another way of gaining means of uh, control of the populace and uh, money. So I think maybe we can come to a, a synthesis on that. Well, we definitely yeah, can. And there's one more thing I would like to point out. The primary determinant of climate on Earth is that big ball of fusing hydrogen up in the sky. And the fact that the Earth's orbit is not stable. Uh, over periods lasting, uh, I think uh, it's about 20,000 years, um, the Earth's orbit goes from circular to elliptical, then back to circular. When the orbit is elliptical, following Kepler's laws of orbital motion, the Earth spends more time further away from the sun, and you get the ice ages. When the orbit goes back to circular, uh, the Earth spends more time closer to the sun, and you get the interglacial periods, which is what we're in right now. And, uh, you know, is the world warming? Well, we're coming out of the Little Ice Age, so uh, a little bit of warming might be expected. Uh, but until the Democrats can uh, change the orbit of the Earth, there really isn't anything they can do to stop the climate from changing. <clears throat> yeah, well, here's the thing. And you mentioned that um, uh, the, the climate and the environment has been very much shaped by life on Earth. And, of course, life on Earth now with uh, 8 billion people is uh, – it's, it's different. The, um, 
activities that are going on now are different from a, a couple thousand years ago. And the idea, honestly, I think the idea that you wouldn't have some sort of change um, is almost far-fetched. The idea that you could stop some sort of change with all this human activity, I mean, to me, it seems like it's something, it, to the extent there's going to be change, probably you're just going to have to live with it. There, I don't know how much mitigation can really be, be done, and to the extent mitigation can be done, they're not, I mean... Like I said, with the wars, with the mass immigration and everything like that, they're not serious about real mitigation anyway, to the extent it could even happen, to the extent it would work. One last thing. I do want to um, ask, where is deforestation happening for wind turbines? Because like, I see uh, big wind – like between Chicago and St. Louis and southern Illinois, there's this enormous uh, wind farm, but it's, it's over agricultural land. I've I've been to wind that's, turbines. That's a good place for. Well, no, there are some places in Europe where they've literally cut down forests uh, to put up the windmills. Uh, they try and site the windmills where the winds are going to be favorable. Unfortunately, that's also the uh, birds' migratory routes, and uh, so uh, a lot of birds are being killed by those spinning blades. Uh, a big p- problem with uh, the renewable energy is uh, you can't guarantee the sun is going to be shining or the wind will be blowing, and there is still no solution for large-scale, long-term storage of electric power at this point. Uh, and so total dependence on windmills and uh, solar panels uh, is going to be a bit problematic. Right. And um, I understand that the human population is very, very large, and uh, it's always going to be a problem because sex is a lot more fun than dying. Uh, but we're seeing the effects of overpopulation uh, with the surging homeless problem. Um, the, uh, uh, the immigration problem is being encouraged to try and dilute and demographically change our country. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, people out there, and there have been covert programs to try and limit that. There are some people who think the recent COVID vaccines were intended to partly sterilize the human population. Uh, there was a big stink some years ago following National Security Study 200 when the free uh, typhus shots that were being given out in Africa were found to uh, contain sterilizing chemicals that rendered women infertile. So uh, this is something that the governments have been covertly doing uh, for some time. Uh, at, at this point, it isn't working. But they're already talking about how the birth rate in the United States is starting to drop dramatically. Now, part of that is probably economic. Uh, young couples aren't really financially secure enough to uh, have children. Uh, but uh, there are already suspicions that these uh, recent COVID shots are interfering with fertility, both in men and in women. But it, they, they That's sort of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Sam, that's sort of where I'm at with the COVID agenda, I think it was, for depopulization. But really, I think they're targeting you know, white Western civilization in this. I mean, they say they want to decrease population, but then they move, whether it be, you know, South American Catholics or whether it be uh, Somali Muslims, they're moving them into Western countries at an alarming rate. And those people are breeding like crazy. It's the white. And they're they're not being vaccinated. Uh, Well, you know, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy, 
you know, uh, dumb, uneducated people are easier to control by a government that lies uh, than people who have critical thinking skills. Well, yeah. Uh, so with with the uh, reproduction, so um, I was not too long ago, I was actually in South Korea, which has the, the lowest and I hooked up with Ryan Dawson, as I mentioned uh, off air. Um, and it has the lowest birth rate in the world. Uh, it's it's birth it's fertility rate is zero point eight. So the average woman has less than one child, which is really really low. And um, you know Japan's is pretty low, uh, like one point two, one point three. Singapore's low, and then places like Italy are also extremely low. Now some I, I've I've heard Japanese politicians say, well we should look at um, Places like France and and Sweden, where the birth rates closer to the uh, fertility rates closer to two. But what they're not factoring in there is that among the native uh, white population, the Swedes, the native Swedes, the native French, it's just as low as anybody else. It's it's just as low there. The the Muslims who have immigrated there have high birth rates. And this is what you're seeing here. Uh, You've. When you've got the um, Central Americans, you've got uh, Muslims who and or to an extent Africans who immigrate to the United States, they're having big families. The um, the native born population, particularly the white population, aren't. And the thing is, uh, this, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into racial stuff, but um, there have been all, all these tests done, like personality kind of tests done. And whites, Europeans and, and East Asians, um, they, uh, they, they tend to think towards the future. And if they don't, if, if they uh, don't feel secure about the future, they won't reproduce. Whereas, um, you know, blacks and uh, Muslims and, you know, people from especially people from tr- tropical areas are much less like that. And they are they will reproduce regardless. That's how it's been. I mean, the birth rates in most countries have been falling, falling, even in Muslim countries. The birth rates have been falling. Uh, You know, Pakistan's not low. It's still uh, like maybe three point something. Bangladesh is two point something. India's is, you know, like at two point a uh, fertility rate of about two is a stable population in the, the, most of these countries have come down one but the uh the 25 countries with the highest fertility rates are all in africa and the uh you know the current program seems to be uh as they overpopulate africa just let them into europe so anyway i'm just throwing that out there we don't have to dwell on it but i thought i'd throw it out there gentlemen yeah, the- Various religions, too. I mean, um, Amer- you know, white Catholics seem to have gotten out of this thing where you, you throw birth control out the window. But uh, Catholics from south of the border, uh, you know, they're very staunch in their beliefs. And I think uh, along with the racial you know, stuff, the, the genetic uh, programming... Uh, Everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. Every movie. Consider this. 
Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air. And 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interest as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Asian men, they've given you a number and they've taken away your name. out the window, but uh, Catholics from south of the border, uh, you know, they're very staunch in their beliefs, and I think uh, along with the racial, the, you know, stuff, the, the genetic uh, programming, uh, you do have religious beliefs, just like Muslims, you know, usually have multiple wives and, and very large families, so you've got that factor to throw in there, too. But at any rate, it, it is, it, it, I don't see how you can get away from that it's purposeful, um genocide of white people of European descent. Hmm. Patrick, what do you got? Or take I, it to Mike. Yeah. Well, oh. let's, get, let's get to Mike. Let's, you don't want it? 
Well, no, um, uh, I was basically just listening uh, to the two of you. And, um, you know, it, it, it is an important issue. Uh, we do know that there are these covert programs to try and sterilize people. Um, in the case of National Security Study 200, these efforts were aimed at the third world out of concern that the populations of these countries that the U.S. wanted to exploit could grow large enough to militarily resist us. And uh, they were using up all those natural resources that were coveted by multinational corporations. Um, and uh, this was all done under the Nixon administration. Uh, when Gerald Ford came into uh, office, he learned about this and he uh, rescinded it as official U.S. policy. Um, but I don't know if it's been reinstituted since then. Uh, I would tend to think so. Now, whether COVID is part of a population control agenda, I've heard that. And uh, it does seem to indicate uh, that there is damage to reproductive systems. But I'm still working on the presumption that the COVID vaccines are the result of immense greed and scientific recklessness blended together and that it's actually the worst medical goof since thalidomide. Okay, and I uh, I'm not really sure there's a nefarious purpose behind it other than that COVID itself appears to have been a byproduct of the development of biological weapons of war okay. being uh, okay. produced at the Wuhan lab and several labs inside okay. Ukraine. I have to stop you for a second. I've heard you say so many times the worst medical goose goof since thalidomide. And why isn't it worse than thalidomide? Well, you know, it may turn out to be worse than thalidomide, but people, uh, they, they understand what that means. Uh, well, but no, it, people uh, don't understand what it means. We, I, I barely do. I mean, I, I, it was a sleeping pill, right? It was a sleeping pill that women were taking. It and, was a tranquilizer. Or, Fortunately, it was never approved for pregnant women here in the United States. Um, but it, it lost the birth. approval vote at the uh, FDA by just one vote. I mean, that's how close it came. But it caused an epidemic of hideous, severe birth abnormalities. And, um, you know, it was all traced back to that. drug. And if you look back at the history of modern pharmaceuticals, there have been so many drugs introduced to the public that are then later recalled despite being FDA approved. I mean, it's it, it, the whole business is being handled so recklessly. It's all driven by the profit motive. And I think the covid uh, vaccines we're just more of the same. I'm not convinced that there really is some kind of a nefarious plot behind it. Uh, but like anything that happens in society, uh, politicians will take advantage of it. Never let a crisis go to waste. Mm. No, I, I never let a crisis go to waste. Rahm Emanuel, right? Yes. Um, this, this is pretty much my way of thinking. And and I know on RBN and outside of RBN, there are a lot of people who think there is a a master plan. And I'm always pushing back on that. I think there's lots of plans. And I think sometimes uh, amongst powerful people's consensuses um, emerge. And I do think that um, consensuses emerge amongst uh, Jewish elites and, you know, Jewish um, networks more easily than in other areas because they, they, have um, ethnocentrism and uh, nepotism and uh, tend, tend to be looking towards ethnic interests. But but even among Jews, I don't I, you know, I don't think there is a singular plan. But um, but 
Jews and the uh, elite in general, uh, but Jews in particular, you you see this process of, um, you know, different proposals or policies, agendas being uh, talked about and and discussed and debated in academic journals and other things. And and it's not limited to Jews uh, and, and in regard to um, covid, for instance. I think there are a lot of agendas involved. Some people will say, oh, this was this was um, all planned out in advance using computer simulations. I think there are a a lot of agendas. I I don't know. And frankly, don't even care that much where it came from. Um, You know, I've heard you talk often about a drop test tube. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that could have been I, I tend to think. It also could have been uh, released purposely in China. Uh, Ron Ons tends to think the same thing, um, released purposely by uh, the American military from uh, Fort Detrick, Maryland, or Chapel Hill, North Carolina. But regardless of where it came from... Um You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. And so it begins. I'm Peter Serafine with another Liberty Minute. Representative Boebert's resolution to impeach President Biden did not get the privilege status that she is hoping for. Privilege status would have forced the House of Representatives to vote on the resolution. Instead, the impeachment was sent to committee. Technically, that means that the investigation has begun. But many bills and resolutions never come out of committee and effectively die. I don't understand why an investigation is needed. President Biden stood at a podium and told us that all of his constitutional advisors said the eviction moratorium during COVID was unconstitutional, but he was going to do it anyway. Like me, Biden is bound by an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And he openly admitted on camera that he was not going to do that. That alone should be enough to impeach any office holder at any level, regardless of party affiliation. If you own firearms, you need carry insurance. Get the most affordable carry insurance on the market, according to QP Tactical, and save 10% by using code WHITEHOUSE at protectwithbear.com. Until next time, see this Pashem Parabellum. Did you know the IRS publicly admits that income tax is collected by voluntary compliance? Get the information you need to help you avoid income tax with these five easy steps. All you have to do is go to avoidincometax.com to get your five easy steps on how to avoid the IRS income tax. Escape the IRS. Let avoidincometax.com help you. We guarantee our five easy steps or your money back. Go to avoidincometax.com. 
Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. Uh, the American military from uh, Fort Detrick, Maryland, or Chapel Hill, North Carolina. But regardless of where it came from, um, there were a lot of people who took advantage of it. And maybe, you know, maybe there are some people who knew it was going to happen. But even if they didn't know what was going to happen in advance, um, how how many weeks, how many months do you have to um, do do you require in order to uh, roll out an agenda that benefits you. And the last thing I'll say is uh, all through 2020, Jeremy and I, when we were talking about this and talking, you know, talking about the shutdowns and the social distancing and the masking all in the name of flattening the curve, we kept saying it's almost as if they're trying to keep this uh, epidemic going on long enough for them to roll out a vaccine. Remember that Jeremy? Yeah. Um, yeah, we also noted that they were building a, a social, political, and economic uh, structure infrastructure. infrastructure to be able to control people, and yeah. that you have to put something in your body in order to function. And you know the mask, right? Yeah, you have to comply. They were building the infrastructure of a totalitarian police state uh, based on your compliance, and in this case, compliance meaning. Uh, injecting yourself with an experimental gene therapy but but right. you know the infrastructure could be used for compliance with all sorts of things coming full back to the climate thing i mean that was something that was talked about in fall of 2020 they looked at these look at, they looked at these graphs <laughs> look at these graphs and they're like wow look at how much the what was the the carbon dropped during the mm-hmm. lockdown they do lockdown <laughs> periodically to benefit the climate so they could easily roll out whatever agenda and they have the infrastructure in place yeah and they started something like that in oxford england where they they're doing some like semi climate lockdown where you you could only drive you know you 15 minutes or something um i probably heard about that on uh what really happened do, do you recall that mike uh yeah i do recall that and um there's been a lot of talk about climate lockdowns, you know, to save the planet. Uh, the New York Times, I think, came out with an article a few days ago that uh, uh, it, it might be uh, 
time for, uh, you know, timed blackouts, planned blackouts to, to save the planet, and uh, just a lot of uh, nonsense like that. And uh, one of the problems I see is that a lot of these so-called solutions, they sound really good in a soundbite, um, but they don't really... Nobody seems to consider the real long-term consequences. And the example I like to use is we're talking about war with Russia and China. At the same time, we're loading up the military with basically affirmative action hires. You know, uh, blacks, uh, we're, we're promoting blacks just because they're black. Uh, we're uh, promoting women just because they're women. And all this wokeness uh, is creating a military that lacks any kind of cohesion. And uh, to be an effective fighting force, uh, you know, you, you've got to have, you know, a, a great deal of trust uh, and understanding of each other. And it, it's it, it's at cross purposes with this idea of going to war. But nobody seems to really be thinking about that. And uh, ideally, under, you know, perfect world, uh, the president is supposed to maintain that overview of what is best for the nation as a whole when he's judging between competing interests and uh, agendas. But, of course, our current president right now is uh, eating ice cream and selling this out to Romania and China and Ukraine. Well, I, I can't wait till he sells us out to China because I... Um as I often say, I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. So um, hurry up with that sale, uh, Biden. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. It's also true. Yeah, it no. is. No? Okay. We try to have fun. Well, my father's from Shanghai, so, you know, I'm kind of biased in their favor anyway. Well, I mean, okay. you know, it's Ch China's bought up some farmland they bought a factory up here in Wycliffe uh, Kentucky and actually started people out at $19 an hour and totally improved the place so I mean I don't see a Chinese invasion or any kind of aggression I just don't think that's realistic I think that's Sean Hannity Fox News tribe um, but I think they do definitely want to dominate economically and uh, who knows maybe they'll come in and build a bunch of factories <laughs> anyway yeah. Patrick, what direction did, did you want to go well, I, I think I, th I think the Chinese want to they, they like being rich and um, I don't even know if they if it's so much that they want to dominate. But if the Chinese get rich and there's so many of them, they will dominate because um, well, Victor Orban uh, over in Hungary has said China has already uh, passed by the West in terms of manufacturing an economy. And they do want to be rich. I mean, uh, Chinese New Year, they're saying gang hi fa choi to each other. Uh, it literally translates, may you be rich. Yeah. They love their money. They, um, yeah, they they want to uh, be rich and have happy life. Well, and, I'd like to be rich. Um, I mean, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah, good for them. And they're, it's, it's amazing. They're, they've done so well. I went to China in the 1980s, and it was so poor. It, uh, you know, when I'd be invited into people's houses, there was no floor. There was dirt, um, and um, everything was poor. The, uh, I mean, roads weren't paved. It was, and I, I literally saw in um, uh, Chongqing. Uh, which was formerly known as Chongqing, 
uh, they there were people living in caves by the Yangtze River. They were living in caves, and uh, those were probably coveted residences. And now, I mean, they have like if you look at a list of the tallest buildings on Earth, uh, you know, a third of them or a half of them are in China, and it it's just. It's amazing. I'm sure there's lots of still lots of problems. You have to have growing pains if you're growing that much in 40 years. Uh, but it's amazing. The thing is, uh, it was I mean, the, the Chinese, are, they're people who have a long history. They've got a lot of accomplishments. They're a lot of smart people. And they had a couple of bad centuries how long can you expect that to last and how long do you really want it to last where, where you'd want would you really want the largest nation on earth in terms of you know population and and they are a real nation i mean you know not like india which is just a collection of different ethnic groups they are the chinese are a real nation do you really want them to to be poor and groveling in in dirt forever um you know it's it's going to happen they're they're going to, I mean, is it, they're going to be successful, or the whole world's going to, you know, maybe we'll all die in World War Three. But if we don't all die in World War Three, I think the Chinese are going to be successful. Does any of this make sense? I know I'm not blowing your mind. Oh. So Jeremy, something Jeremy fell off for a second. So it's just you and yeah, me. Yeah, no, the, the China's made tremendous strides in the last few years, and the reason they're doing very well is they manufacture products to export. So new money comes into their system that they are able uh, to uh, spend on improving the lives of their people. And one of the reasons the United States is in decline is back in the 1980s. Um, these uh, MBAs who had become CEOs following World War II uh, really didn't understand the, the companies they were running because they hadn't grown up on the floor, as had been the case before World War II. And so they decided, you know, we don't need to get our hands messy. We'll just offshore the manufacturing. And uh, the tax code was actually rewritten to incentivize sending manufacturing tech jobs overseas and um, what that resulted in, uh, of course, was we didn't have any more money or didn't have as much money coming in from other countries. So the government uh, set up what they called the service economy, which was this ludicrous idea that you could prosper a nation by doing each other's laundry for a fee. And that certainly opened up new taxation opportunities for the government. But again, we weren't making all that much that went out of the country to bring new money in. Uh, we were basically uh, weaponizing the U.S. dollar uh, and uh, pillaging other countries uh, with that, and uh, uh, which is why everybody's joining BRICS now. Um, now, they're trying to get manufacturing back in. Uh, the Craftsman Tool Company, um, uh, let's see, Stanley, uh, Stanley Black & Decker uh, built a plant in Texas to manufacture uh, tools here in the U.S., and they failed because we've we've forgotten how to make stuff and we're seeing that even in our weapons that we manufacture uh which are getting you know destroyed over in ukraine much to the embarrassment of the defense contractors who are trying to sell those weapons to other countries we, we we've lost that skill and china has it they're not going to let go of it 
all these countries that benefited from having technology transferred to them, they're not going to make that mistake and send that technology back to the United States. You said something interesting that we forgot how to manufacture. And uh, one of the things that was going on in 2020 uh, in particular with the the Corona apocalypse, as as I called it, they, they shut down. They they told everybody to stop working. I that that just seems so insane. People got used to not working, and you know if you're not working, you're you're losing skills. I, you yeah. Know, if you're, I my dad uh, had uh, he had a heart attack when I was a kid, and he it took a couple of years to to rehabilitate. Well, imagine how much the computer industry changes in two years. Yes. And get, into it was really really tough if you if you send people home for um you know six months or whatever and say oh you don't have to work just just stay home they're going to lose their edge how wouldn't they hey jeremy you're back yeah apologies i had a phone call but we're still on china and manufacturing um you know if we had serious people in our government we would go at least back to a protectionist uh status and bring factories back and do some sort of fair trade with other companies, which is why I think that particular wing of the Trump platform was so appealing to the populace, you know, Um, but we don't have serious people. Well, they're serious, but they're not serious about uh, our good. Um, They're, they're serious over making money on these other countries. I think that's what the whole aggression with China is right over Taiwan because now China is benefiting from Taiwan and the U.S. wants to benefit from it instead and not lose that uh, economic stronghold that they had over it. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, accurate. And, you know, that's basically uh, the motive for a lot of U.S. wars. I mean, we went into Iraq not because uh, Saddam Hussein actually had weapons of mass destruction, uh, but we wanted the oil. And the U.S. currently is actually stealing oil from Syria. Isn't that something? Yeah. And and I know Trump had ordered U.S. withdrawals from Syria a couple of times. Uh, I read somewhere, maybe it was Wall Street Journal, that you know they they just failed to obey the orders, and then and then finally came back to him and said, "Yeah, but we're stealing their oil." And Trump said, "Oh, well, <laughs> you know, we're stealing their oil, like you suggested." And he said, "Oh, okay, then something like that." Anyway, uh, hey. Can I can I switch gears for a second? Sure. Okay. Yep. So I heard your Monday show, Mike, and mm-hmm. you know you were talking about the various futures of the United States, and you were talking about you know sometimes you feel kind of down about things. Yes. Uh, now Jeremy is is a Christian, and part of his he, he does weekly shows uh, where he's reading scripture and and whatnot, and I know. You know, you've talked about Claire and her act- activities in her church. Yes. So, um, is it okay if I ask? And, and I'm I'm agnostic, but but Jeremy's working on me. Uh, can can I ask you? Are you a Christian? No, I am not. I don't. You know, I I think there was actually an individual named Joshua um, around who the legend of Jesus was built. Uh, but I, I do not think uh, there is uh, any God or gods out there. I don't think there's an afterlife. And um, 
you know, but uh, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a quiet atheist. I don't go around screaming, uh, there is no God, because I know a lot of people find a lot of solace in their religion. And uh, while some religions have been used for bad purposes, like, you know, Jim Jones and so forth, um, around here, you know, religion, uh, the churches, uh, are the glue that really holds the community together and provides continuity. And unfortunately, Claire's church just went through a major upheaval um, over the issue of uh, LGBTQ. And uh, uh, the uh, United Methodist Church uh, wanted to be open and accepting. And the uh, church that Claire had been going to uh, didn't agree with that. And uh, they held a vote and disaffiliated from the United Methodist Church and so they, they're setting up a new United Methodist Church in, in this town called the Noel United Methodist Church. And that's where Claire um, is uh, doing right now. Uh, she still does functions at the old church. In fact, she's uh, over there now meeting with a group uh, that offers support for families that have uh, family members dealing with dementia. And uh, no, the Bidens are not there. Uh, but uh, she's, she's very heavily involved in that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a philosophical uh, question. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jeremy. No, I was just telling you, Mike brought up a, a, a very astute observation there about the community that he's in. I love Santa Claus, Indiana. I used to go there every year when I lived in Owensboro. I was a, a recruiter for the Air Force. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, we went to Holiday World every summer. And so much better than Six Flags. Um, but just the atmosphere and the people – and I think as this, um, as these big cities collapse and the federal government, um, it's very important that we are in communities like that, that we build strong ties. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head, Mike. I mean, you know, because of America's, uh, you know, Christian, overall Christian worldview that, it, that when it started, I mean, there's still that's still retained in these areas like Santa Claus, like Mayfield, Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, or even in Rend Lake, Indiana, or I'm sorry, Rend Lake, Illinois. Um, And these are the areas that you want to be in uh, when the S hits the fan. Yep. That's that's the one thing about this part of uh, uh, the country. The people are genuinely good and uh, very conservative. A lot of American flags out in front of houses around here. And... uh, Owners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner.
owner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. The number two, keep it today. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shiloji hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shiloji Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shiloji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shiloji by other names. Shilojit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new Ease-Off Drop and Lift? What in the world is an Ease-Off Drop and Lift? Our Ease-Off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the Ease-Off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. That's the one thing about this part of uh, uh, the country. The people are genuinely good and uh, very conservative. A lot of American flags out in front of houses around here. And, uh, you know, it's uh, politically much more comfortable than when uh, we were in Hawaii, uh, which was uh, getting more and more hardcore liberal by the day and uh, uh, actually was very stressful. So here's... Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just, I was just go I, ahead. I built great with my sheriff and school board and uh, town councils. And, you know, I think that's very important, too, to have um, some sort of law and local law enforcement on your side. And we did not let the BOM protests happen here. We didn't go with the COVID stuff. Um, not, that wasn't really enforced in this area. But, yeah, go, Patrick. Okay, we, we only have about three minutes left. I just thought I'd take this out. So regardless of personal feelings about the, uh, the, the truth or lack thereof of various religious doctrines, you know, I've known some 
atheist people who were very well adjusted. I've known some who weren't very well adjusted. But for an entire – do you think an entire society could be atheist and um, be like sustainable? It's a question because I don't know. If well, ever, you know, uh, a society is based on um, shared assumptions and uh, those assumptions very often are religious. Uh, but I, I think, um, uh, you know, you could have shared assumptions uh, about morality without having a religion uh, mm. to back them up. Uh, I consider myself a very moral person. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think if we just all agree on certain you know, rules that we can have a functioning society. But again, you know, uh, we, we have freedom of religion in this country, which also means freedom from religion if one chooses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, only about 90 seconds left. Jeremy. Well, I just want to say, if I could sum up this whole interview in the last two shows, it would be one word. That is classy. I appreciate you coming on, Mike. Well, thank you very much for having me. I look forward to doing it again. Well, we would look having you come back again. So, and and really sincerely, thank you for um, everything that you've done for RBN and for free speech and for edifying the American public and the world public as to what's going on, as to what. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, and uh, thank you, Jeremy. Thanks, Patrick. Till next time. Shall I shall I stay classy? If at all possible, I know it's a struggle, but uh, try to hang in there. Okay. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another exciting episode of National Legal Radio. some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They 
They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit RepublicBroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.